0: Thank you for joining the IDA podcast today. My name is Sarah Rose and I will be visiting with Diane Gonzalez. Diane, a longtime employee of the Pistons, has had a exciting career that she'll tell us about. Diane will also talk about IDEA and how instrumental it has been to her and her career, how she's learned from many within the organization, formed lifelong friendships, and has really been inspired. Let's talk to Diane.
1: Hello, my name is Diane Gonzalez, and I have worked in the sports and entertainment industry for many, 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 many years. Most of those years I spent with the Detroit Pistons and the Palace of Auburn Hills as I wore so many hats, it's hard to to tell you where I started or where I ended, but uh, most of the time I was in charge of our broadcasting department, our programming and production, as well as our game ops. Uh, which included our mascot and our dance team and everything in between. Um, currently, I'm the executive producer for Dectronics, where I always try to explain it to everybody as I do what I did for the Pistons. Now I just get to do it for everybody out there. So I love
0: it. So thanks for joining us, Diane, for the Ida podcast today. We are so excited to have you on board. We're really doing these podcasts so that others within the industry get a chance to listen to some of those people who've been around for a while, have navigated the career in sports entertainment for a number of years. We wanna hear your stories about your career as well as what IDEA has done to help you throughout that time. So thank you, thank you for joining us today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about one of my favorite organizations.
0: (laughs) Oh, we love it, we love it, thank you so much. So you talked a little bit about your career journey. Maybe if you want to kind of take, the, take us back a little bit, how did you get into sports entertainment? What was that that brought you to the Palace at Auburn Hills, to the Pistons? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely, I will tell you it was a very happy accident. <laughs> um, I went to college, I wanted to be an actress really? and I went to Wayne State University, which is here in Detroit, Michigan, because they have a really great theater program. And unbeknownst to me, they also have a really good broadcasting um, program. So I started out in the theater and then realized that I wasn't so great of an actress. <laughs> um, and maybe I, I wanted to, you know, actually get a paycheck for uh, the rest of my life. So I one semester accidentally, um, not accidentally, but I didn't I couldn't find an elective. You know, back in college, you had to like work your yep. schedule out. Yeah. Right, And I couldn't find an elective, so I ended up taking this broadcasting class. And ironically, as fate would have it, I sat, sat next to a gentleman named Jack Zagrodsky, who had just gotten an internship with the Detroit Pistons. And at the time, the Pistons were on the cusp of their first championship and had just opened the Palace of Auburn Hills. Wow. And Jack was doing an internship. And I said, wow, I go, that would be kind of fun to do. And so the next week, Jack came into class and he said, "Hey, they just opened up another position. Would you be interested?" And I was just a freshman. I had I didn't even really know. I, I wasn't that far into my college career. And I said, "I'd be really interested in that." And I went and talked to them about doing an internship and was was hired as an intern um, the next, basically the next day. And that was the first year that the Pistons, played in the palace. They had just won their first championship and my first night I'll never forget was the night that they raised the championship banner at the palace. So wow. pretty memorable to be sure and from there from there on it was just kind of a, a a love affair that ensued. I had so many opportunities working for the Pistons um through the years because of Mr. Davison who was one of the best owners in sports. Um, I could go on for hours and hours and hours there telling you about Mr. Davidson, but long story short, um, there was a stint where Mr. Davidson not only owned the Pistons, but he owned the Tampa Bay Lightning and he owned the Detroit Shock with the WNBA. Um, and one year, all three of those teams won championships. So I was very fortunate to to be a part of his organization for a long time, which included many different teams, many different leagues, and many different music theaters. He also, a lot of people don't know, Mr. Davidson owned three outdoor amphitheaters and two arenas during his uh, tenure with the Pistons. Um, so it was a pretty amazing career, pretty amazing career path, thanks to him. What
0: do you think... A lot of times we'll talk to people and about their careers and a lot of times it comes down to the people they work with. What do you think it was about him that really gave you this level of excitement and you made a choice? Say, I want to come to work for you. I want to work for you for a long time. What was it about him?
1: Well, Mr. Davison was just a a very kind and very generous man. Um, he made a ton of money in the auto industry m- making um, glass for cars, the windshields, the, the windows, all of that. And so he did really well. And for him, um, he used to, jokingly, I don't think he, I, no, I think he meant this. He used to tell um, Tom Wilson, who was our president at that time, I, I've, I've got enough money. I want to win. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, it was great. He, um, so he kind of allowed us to do what we wanted to do to have fun with the organization as long as we were being respectful and as long as we were you know doing things the right way he really gave us the opportunity to try anything and 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 we weren't afraid to fail under him because he just encouraged us to to think outside of the box and and you know create this really kind of um community asset that that everybody was a part of, but but overall, more than anything, I will tell you, he liked to win, and he did it a lot. Um, he treated everybody like family. He treated everybody like family, and I will tell you, um, it was one of my honors there. And this is one of the the kind of strange career highlights. But when when he passed away, they called me, and you know, he had factories all over the world, and he was especially um, active in in Israel, and had a number of plants over there and a big kind of a big organization over there and they wanted to stream his funeral so that all of his um oh. you know employees in, in Israel could see and they, so they brought me in to help orchestrate his funeral and it was like one of the great honors of my life I'm starting to cry a little I'm getting, you're getting me out all- oh,
0: oh <laughs> what a wonderful you know what just sounds like such a wonderful human being and then to be asked to be a part that it was so important for him to share that with his employees in Israel is just is touching, is definitely touching. What an incredible story. So you talked about, he, he asked you, you know, he gave you this creative ability. And when we think about this creative ability, I'm sure there were, there's a memory that comes to your mind as this was really a highlight. This is something we did that we were just, we knocked it out of the park. And then there's probably one of those where like, yeah, we kind of knocked it under the table. Can you give me an example of each one of those?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, so many different, um, so many different examples. I will tell you, one of the greatest um, experiences is before I got hired, Um, I was still an intern and the Pistons won their second championship. And we had to they won it in L.A. and we're coming back and we had to plan a parade and a pep rally. And I was just an intern at the time, so I really didn't know what, what we were doing, but um, I was given direction from my boss that we needed to cut highlights for each one of the players. So I needed to cut a highlight package before the next day for oh each goodness. one of the players. So I ended up working that night as an as an unpaid intern, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up working overnight cutting all of these highlight packages, and I did not sleep that night. I went home, I, I took a shower, I changed my clothes, and I came right back, and we um, had the parade in downtown Detroit, and then the, the um, after the parade, everybody came back to the palace, which was about 20 miles north of the city of Detroit. And In front of a sold-out crowd, we had a pep rally for the team, and I remember... I was so tired because I had worked, you know, I hadn't slept and i worked 29 hours straight, but I was in our control room watching and, and it just, I realized what was happening. And that is that those highlight packages that I cut the night before as an unpaid intern, <laughs> they were now running on every single network in Detroit. Wow. Like, not- just, not just our flagship station, but it was on you know the ABC affiliate, the NBC affiliate, the the Fox. They were it was running everywhere, and the, the for me to experience that so early in my career, I was just like, wow, that. Is- what I
0: did matters.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it overwhelming. It was overwhelming. Um, and then I would say on the flip side of that the Pistons in I can't remember the years. I'm so bad with years, but we went through a period of time. Uh, I call it the Grant Hill era where we changed our team colors. Mm. We changed our team colors from the, the traditional Pistons, red, white and blue to teal and mm. red. Mm. And they wanted us to put on a fashion show. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> OK, now that we got to hear this.
1: Yeah, for teal and red. So we went out and then first off, nobody wanted the change. Like mm-hmm. Piston piston Blue is a tradition in Detroit like no other. So like anytime we would roll out anything that was teal, it would just get booed off the stage. And it was like, <laughs> we were set up, we were absolutely set up for failure. And we ended up, I mean, I, the, the, the show went off really, really well. It just wasn't received well by the audience because nobody wanted us to change our color or our logo. Uh, the logo that we changed, they changed it to a horse's head oh. for horsepower. get it? Pistons yeah. horse or yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a reach, but anyway, <laughs> we ended up changing the logo, um, but I remember afterwards, um, Tom Wilson, who was our president and, and is a dear friend still to this day, came up and he goes, Welp, that's making something out of nothing. <laughs> I'll never forget his words and I thought, yeah, not exactly the work that I'm most proud of, but it, it worked somehow it worked out.
0: Did you have to go and pick out clothes from around the city that were teal and red or how did how did that work?
1: Well, we we had our uniform. Like the big reveal obviously was the new uniform. Okay. Um but we used our players and their wives. So we it's really interesting sarah because we had very limited merchandise at the Mm. time but but we wanted to showcase this line of merchandise that we were using so um you know i i mean honestly the players weren't bad but you know their wives were fairly particular about what they wore so fashioning so going through our merch store and trying to fashion, you know, with coaches and everything, probably twenty men and twenty women was a challenge. We got really, really creative in the way that we were we were doing it, and and were asking them, asking you know the the players and their wives to, okay, can you bring some stuff in that you might have in your closet that would go well with teal and red. <laughs> That might give you a little more a little more splash than just what we've got in the merch stand. Um, and it, it, it ended up, I think everybody worked it out, but it was not comfortable. It no. was like the most no. awkward conversations over and over and over. So, yeah. <laughs> we Perseverance. I think the teal only stuck around for two or three seasons, maybe five seasons. And then we went back to red, white, and blue, and everybody was, was super excited. See? And yeah. I, Ironically, now um, the teal is making a comeback and, and people can't people want to get their hands on the teal merchandise like nobody's business. There's, oh, there's,
0: like there's the old stuff. Of, they want the, like, this yeah, retro like, look.
1: Like yep, What's old is new again. Yes, so. uh,
0: I heard that. Well, that's amazing. Those are some yep. fun memories for, to share yeah. for sure. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about idea.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, what was your earliest experience with the idea organization?
1: So it, I remember vividly the first idea that I went to and it was in Utah. And I was, I mean, I was, I'm not even, I think I was 20 years old. I I was very young and it was the first time I had traveled by myself and we went to Utah and, um, you know they always plan social events at, at idea and and it's very fun and it's it's almost the best part about idea because you spend so much time with your with your colleagues and 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 get to know everybody. Well we were at a the, the nightly event wherever it was at I think it was at a restaurant or something like that and afterwards we were all trying to get back to the hotel but We wanted to, like, kind of look around the city because, you know, Salt Lake City is a beautiful city, and there's so much history. Well, this was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and um, we got into a taxi cab that we thought was going back, and there were, I want to say, as many people as we could cram into a taxi cab. That's Oh, no.
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we were definitely sitting on laps. It was not legal, uh, all of those things. So we... um, told the taxi driver, will you just drive us by, I think that they will, we want to drive by a cathedral or something like that. And um, so we told the taxi cab driver, will he drive us past this cathedral? And he goes, listen, he goes, if each of you gives me $10, I'll show you the city like you've never seen it before. Oh, no. <laughs> it's two o'clock in the morning. And we were like, OK, so everybody ponied up and we gave him, you know, I don't know, 50 or 60 dollars, depending on how many people were in that cab. And he gave us the best tour of Salt Lake City. And he knew the history behind all of the buildings, behind all of the church. It was it was so interesting and so fun. And I have never forgotten that.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, that's just yeah. taking advantage of an opportunity and then being able to see different parts of the world you hadn't seen, even if it's two in the morning in a taxicab with six, eight, ten people from IDA.
1: <laughs> and I will share with you, Aaron Buckles was in that taxi cab.
0: Oh, we're gonna be talking to Aaron in a couple of weeks, so I'll have to ask him about that.
1: Ask him if he remembers the taxi cab ride in South, Salt Lake City.
0: Oh my gosh. I bet he will. He has a very good memory. that's hilarious. That is really fun. So tell me a little bit about how do you think that idea has influenced you in your career? You just have to
1: look at the growth of idea. And Mm -hmm. the interesting, the interesting part about idea is, you know, that organization started, I always say, they started before our industry was really an industry. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we all were pioneers and just didn't know it at the time. So, you know, Idea has really grown with the industry and and supported this now massive industry. If you think about the industry of sports and entertainment and, and game night production, it's it's crazy how much it has grown. And I think Idea was just a catalyst for all of that, you know, because we would go there and we would share ideas and we would ask people what they were doing and we would look at what other teams were doing and we would learn and we would listen. And then, um, you know, take that back to our respective teams, and it just—it made us all better. But it—but we almost like we're all learning it together, right? We're all together, and it's just—it's come so far now that it's—it's it's overwhelming when you think about those early days when we would, you know, just go. And I know you remember the the dot matrix days yep, when yep. You, you just wanted to put a check mark up on the board. And yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: The and dot now, races, right? Exactly. Dot races. <laughs> they were literally
1: right. a dot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, my mom saved an article. It's really funny. My mom saved an article. Um, they did an article on the on ball racing. Yeah. and And the fact that I was that I knew who won every night.
0: Uh, <laughs> How do you day. know? How do you know that? Well, because I would. It was. It was. No, written. don't tell the secret. Don't tell the secret. I know. <laughs> I never,
1: <laughs> but, oh. but, but as you know, guest services needed to know where to pass the coupons out. Sure, sure,
0: sure. Yeah. <laughs> so That's hilarious. Yeah, that's, that is a funny thing. The other thing I was going to ask you about as we think about it, the other element for IDA is the GMAs. Mm-hmm. And so for those who aren't familiar is that there's so many categories you can submit your work to. You can submit your your creative ideas and what you've done in your games to idea for the GMA Awards. There's nowhere else in the entire world that people are of their peers are able to come together to submit content that is played during events on the displays like what we do. And I think that pushes. I think like every year somebody comes and like, I like that idea. I like that. And they push it and push and push. Every year it gets more creative, more interactive than ever before. How did that seeing what people are submitting for the GMAs and just how things have transitioned over the years impact what you chose to do during games and events
1: well it was everything mm-hmm. first off really funny how um it went from being just a, a good way to share ideas and mm-hmm. showcase what you're doing and then i don't know along about the the mid 90s it got really really competitive mm-hmm. i happened to be the chairperson one year um and I mean people would get really really uptight about it because they wanted to win one so badly um so it really be- went from being a really good way to share to being a to being a, a a you know something that you were really really proud of that you sought out that you that you really wanted to win um it went from you know, I think when I was the chairperson, I think we had two or three hours of content. And now there's like 15 to 20 hours of content, just nonstop content. And everybody asks for it. Everybody wants to to see the yep. reels. wants to be a judge it's just such a great way to see all of the great content and all of the great work that everybody's doing out there it's it's um it's pretty amazing to behold and i think it's probably one of my favorite elements about idea
0: right and those people who either were have been nominated or made a short list they can go back to their organizations and especially those come back with the the trophies right back and say look what we've done this is validation that within the industry we're perceived as b- being the best right it really is validation for their work
1: it really is and it goes a long way having been on on you know lucky enough to receive some and take it back to your organization and you know it 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 it, it next levels you you know mm-hmm. and it should is it showcases who's really doing great work it also helps you to get resources you know I remember going back after we had lost and and I think it was Miami had won for best overall in in the NBA and they were like well why are they so much better than we are and I was like well first off they have tripled the staff that we have and so it really allowed you to have those type of conversations Mm -hmm. say listen we need resources and if you you know this should be the bar and we should be trying to do that but but we can't do it with you know a part-time game night person who comes in an hour before the game to to put together our graphics you know yeah um, so i think it really it helped from that perspective too and it helped people to grow their staff and grow the grow the industry so
0: yeah that's for sure it's just there's so many facets of the organization and how reaching it is into the creative the technology the operations and what experiences people can gain through it yeah absolutely we'll shift gears a little bit and i want to talk about your career okay so you started you know like you said you were your freshman in college really when you got your internship the industry has evolved and changed a lot and your career evolved and changed over those years as well. What were some of, maybe what were some of the highlights of your career? And then what were some of the things you had to overcome that could be helpful for others to listen and learn about?
1: Well, um, I, I mean, I I was fortunate enough to kind of grow at a rapid pace. But uh, with that, I will tell you that I did every single job there was to do on the game night staff. Mm-hmm. So Started out, um, I started out as just a runner, and then um, was <laughs> it was it was a funny story. The person who was supposed to direct the video board on the second game of the year, the night that I was an intern, he took a job on the broadcast. And about an hour before the game, there was nobody to cut the show for the video board. So uh, my boss at the time, Pete Skoritz, who I know you know well, yeah. Um, he came up to me and he goes all right you're going to direct the video board tonight and for the rest of the season i had never directed <laughs> i like i was literally sitting-
0: so let's go i've been practicing all week <laughs> I <was>
1: like okay <laughs> and um, so i started out directing the video board and i did that for a few years and then they moved me um, down to be be more of kind of a, a producer from the sidelines and then I began I began calling the show not just the video board but calling the music and calling the lights and calling um you know all of the timeouts and everything. And that while I was doing that on a parallel path though I was also fortunate to work on the broadcast side of things. So I was producing our pregame shows, I was producing our broadcasts, I was producing and I wasn't producing our broadcast, but I was helping to produce our broadcast is a better way to say that. But I I was working um, as an editor. I worked as an editor for many years on a on our shows. I did you know video board content, and I did content that ran in the broadcast. I was a technical director for many of the many years where I, I would um, you know cut shows for either um, you know. G- some of our minor league teams or i would cut concerts all the time so i was a technical director um i literally was able to do every single job all the way up and i think that when i got into a position of leadership that's what kind of made me so good at what i did because i had i had lived it i knew Mm -hmm. i knew what the 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 technical director was going through. I knew what the editors were going through. I knew the challenges that they were going to see before they, before they really saw them. So that enabled me to give them the tools that they needed to succeed, you know? Um, And and I think that that was really, I was really fortunate because of that. And and I was really, um, I learned a lot. Uh, I was educated a lot along the way. So
0: Let's talk about this then. I've found sometimes we'll talk to people and they aspire to be a director, a technical director, a producer, and they are walking out of college, no applicable experience. And they're like, well, I want to be there. That's what I want to apply for in a year. They don't understand, like what you described is if you are become skilled at many different areas around within the production itself, you're much more qualified to be able to take on other responsibilities. What would you say to someone who's starting in their career maybe has some internship experience and they aspire you know they want to be a diane someday at the pistons what would you tell them
1: so i've always um first off that's one of the favorite things of my job is guiding people guiding People, young and old, on on their career paths and talking to them about how to get to where they want to go. What I used to tell everybody, especially interns that would come in, is no matter what you're doing, no matter how mundane the task seems, you're going to learn something from that. You know, Um, Pete used to always tell me, like logging the game, there is nothing more boring than (laughs) To log a game like I did it for about three years it's horrible you have to write down the time code write down what happens explain the explain the play explain the camera angles you have to ca- you have to capture all of this information in a split second and then write it all down it's mm-hmm. very tedious um, but if you pay attention and you you kind of understand what you're writing and what you're doing you can really learn how to direct a show just by logging the show. And that, I think, is what I try to teach people and tell people is every single thing you do, don't look at it as, oh, I have to do this. Look at it as what are you learning from that task? What, you, what are you taking away from that task? And what, how is it going to help you in the future? Um, so I think that's really, really key as people come up. It just seems like, yeah, you have to start out. and When you start out, you have to do the things that aren't necessarily that fun to do. But there's always a takeaway. There's always something to take away from it.
0: No, that's great advice. Maybe shifting. So let's imagine someone the first time ever their their boss, their supervisor says, "Hey, I heard about this organization. It's called Idea. Sounds like a great thing for you to go to." They get off the plane, they check into the hotel, and they walk in. What advice would you have for someone who's a first-time attendee of the Idea conference?
1: I think
0: participate. Mm-hmm. Participate
1: in everything that you can, you know. Um, it, it's, it changes over the years, but when you're first going and you first get there, I think it takes a lot before you kind of understand and get the flow of what's happening. Um, you, you know, you have to, it, 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 doesn't make sense at first, but if you participate and you just kind of go with it, then it, it starts, you start to realize that, Hey, this is a really great event. Not only am I going to learn and learn from others with others, but I'm also going to get the opportunity to network and to ask them questions and get their input and get their thoughts. Um, I've always said for me, some of the best um, takeaways from idea happen in the conversations when you pass somebody in the hallway, that those are, are invaluable when you can say, you know, hey, how's it going? And I, I saw that you guys are doing this and, and how would you get it? You know, Those are the best conversations. And those are the, the um, most valuable, I think, especially to those kind of newer people. And
0: everyone is approachable. Diane, as we close out here, I have one question for you. Why do you think that IDEA is such an important organization? And why do you encourage people to be a part of it?
1: Well, because I think you alluded to it earlier, but there's nothing else like it. There's mm-hmm. nothing else like it out there anywhere. I mean, it, it was built as a way for baseball teams who you remember it started mm-hmm. with baseball. it was built as a way for people to share their ideas it was built as a as a way for people to get together and network and talk and share and and look and i think over the years the people who attend idea have become family you mm-hmm. know you know and i know i have i have lifelong friends that I have built these friendships at idea, through idea, uh, through extensions of idea. It's just, I just don't, I don't think there's anything out there like it where people just, they care about you. You mentioned people being approachable earlier. People are approachable people want to share they want to learn they want to know what you're doing and they want to know how they can help you with what you're doing um, it's just such a great atmosphere and such a great learning um, learning tool and and learning uh, um, vehicle um, for everybody that I just I you know I just absolutely love it it's 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 fun um, I've been going to idea now for well over 20 something years I'm not going to give away my. age. <laughs> Years and years and years and, and hopefully for many years to come because it's just, it's it's that close to my heart.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. So you were on the active side with the Pistons for a while. Now you're coming in as allied. And for those who don't know what allied means, that's people who help to support all of our active members who are producing, running these events, support them through different products and services. So now as you come into IDA from an act or from an allied perspective, how do you think what you can do can help those people who are um, in the same place you were at the Pistons?
1: Well, I think I'm fortunate to, to I think I benefit from being a, as an active member for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I built the relationships, right? That's where I, you know, so everything that I mentioned earlier, going through everything that my staff has gone through, but everything that that they're going through on the active side, I've been there. Mm -hmm. I've been there, I've lived it, I've gone through it, I know exactly the challenges that they're facing. So I think that as an allied member, it just it it changes that perspective. I'm not gonna lie, Sarah, it was weird. The first year I went as an allied it was weird. I didn't, I I felt a little like a fish out of water. I didn't know where I was supposed to be and when I was supposed to be there. So um, I, I think this year, I definitely got into more of a flow and kind of understand now, like, um, the, the 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 way that the schedule flows and where you, where you'll meet people where you'll see people, um, but I think that's the biggest thing for me is that I benefited from being on that that other side.
0: Yeah. Yep. And now you can bring your experiences of being an active member to the services you offer through an allied member and bring those together to make make people's lives and their jobs easier.
1: That has been the magic for me is I mentioned at the top of the at the top of the broadcast you know I feel like what I did for the Pistons I now can do that for everybody and you know, I'm so fortunate to to be working at Dectronics, where we literally touch every team out there. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, and and that is amazing. So to be able to share those experiences and talk with people as I'm servicing them, it's just it's just great. It's just really, really, really fun, and um, I'm I'm I feel sometimes like a teacher. You know, where where I'm just like, yes, I've been there. I understand. I know what you're going through. And here's how I would deal with it.
0: Yep. All that experience throughout the years and now being able to help so many people. Well, we really appreciate it. And we appreciate all your contributions to IDEA and the industry overall.
1: Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate your contributions as well, Sarah. Uh,
0: it's just a joy to get to talk to you, Diane.
1: It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on the Idea Podcast. To learn more about IDEA, go to www.ideaontheweb.org. Stay tuned to our next episodes as we learn more about many of the IDEA members and how their careers have been shaped as being part of the IDEA organization.